talked earlier in the week about walking a marathon, and I could not believe all of the enthusiastic responses I got regarding that episode. So I am adding to it and talking a little bit more about how you tackle the training process when you're going to walk a marathon. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Kim Peek, and it is my mission to get you moving more and to help you think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. On Tuesday, I introduced the idea of walking a marathon, and I got some enthusiastic responses. So thank you to those of you who took the time to comment or to email me about your enthusiasm and excitement over this topic. It sounds like there are a lot of you who believe that you can walk a marathon, and I am so excited for you to begin your training journey. If you haven't signed the pledge already, head over to my website at www.crushingmygoals.com slash crush dash next. Sign the pledge and join me in committing to optimism, challenging ourselves, remaining active, seeking adventure, and forming real connections that enrich our lives. I really believe that when you are walking or running, hanging out at the gym, whatever it is that you're doing, that you are making those connections that really make your life so much better. So when you sign up, you will get access to a free community of people who have also signed the pledge. And then I'll send you some emails and videos to help you make some changes that will help you crush whatever is next in your life. Today, I do want to talk a little bit more about walking that marathon. If you want the background on this and the first of my tips for how to walk that marathon, listen to the previous episode. I'm not going to rehash a ton of stuff here. Go back and listen to that. I talked in the previous episode about how you begin training, just even thinking about walking your first 5K, some of the things you need to know to get started with your big journey. Because remember that you are not going to just wake up one day and walk a marathon. You're going to do that in a bunch of baby steps, first walking a 5K, then a 10K, a half marathon distance, and the marathon distance. And you don't have to do that as a race, but you do. it does help if you break it into chunks and reach toward certain milestones so that you can feel success along the way. I'm really excited about this idea because it makes the marathon accessible to anyone who wants to put the time into training. So if that's you, remember that as always, you should talk to your doctor before beginning any exercise program and just listen to their advice, do what they say, get a checkup, make sure that your body is fit enough to handle the training you're about to do. This summer, I have talked a lot about staying active as you age, and I've mentioned multiple times that I don't believe you should shy away from activities that you're interested in just because you might be slow or because you fear you could be the one who crosses the finish line last. I've been there, and I have lived to tell about it. It's not that bad. If you are going to walk a a marathon... If you are going to walk a marathon, you will finish at the back of the pack. But with training, you will increase your walking pace over your training cycle, 
just like you'd see an improvement in your pace if you train to run the marathon. And because you will have planned your strategy and you've trained, it's likely you'll still finish before some of the marathoners you trained to run who hit a wall and found themselves walking at the end. I have also found myself in this situation a few times where I've gone out too fast or it got hotter than I anticipated and I had to walk to the finish and everyone was passing me because my walking pace had just really slowed to the turtle's pace, more of a crawl. This happens sometimes, but it is very, very likely that if you plan your strategy well as a walker, that you were going to beat some of the people who had planned to run the full thing. And remember, it's really not about who wins or loses. It's always about doing your own personal best. But I just share these things for people who are just really, really afraid of, what are people going to think about me? Am I going to be the last one crossing the finish line? So just know that you'll, you will see people of all shapes and sizes, all abilities out there. And I think walking a marathon sounds like a really super fun idea. But this is like everything we talk about. You can't let other people in your head. If you're going to do this, you need to be proud of the fact that you're choosing to walk and that you're walking at your own pace. And with training and by choosing a race that's with an appropriate cutoff time, you are going to be able to finish without stressing out about whether you're across the finish line before they start tearing down the course. The biggest difference between running and walking a marathon is the amount of time it takes. With both, you're going to ramp up the amount of time spent running or walking over weeks and months. And with both, you'll get in some 16, 18, and 20-mile workouts, which, of course, take longer to complete if you are walking. The amount of time spent training truly is the difference between walking and running the marathon. You're just going to have to because you're covering the same amount of distance at a slower pace. It's going to take more time, and you still have to get in those training runs or training walks. And remember that if you want, you could even run small portions of every mile. You don't have to, you could still say you're walking it, but you could jog for a minute or 30 seconds every mile. You can play around that in the training cycle. And just because you committed to walking the marathon doesn't mean that you can't play around with speed and pace as you train. Today's tips are going to assume that you've already listened to the previous episode And now you're walking at least an hour every time you walk. For most of you, that means you're going to be walking three to four miles in that hour's time. You can think of all of your training in terms of time on your feet. However, there probably will be a point where you want to track your pace and your mileage. I happen to live in the city that Garmin is headquartered in. So I am partial to my hometown team, Garmin. They do make excellent watches and tracking devices at a variety of price points. So you could get a Garmin or another type of running watch, or you could use whatever app already comes on your phone or an app like Strava on your phone. Strava has a free option and a paid option too, but the free option will allow you to map the distance, the pace, and the time. So those are a few options that you can look for. 
walking for four to seven hours at a time once you get further into your training plan might get a little boring. So to make it more interesting and to pass the time, I'm going to share a few tips for that. Of course, I like to listen to podcasts as I walk and as I run and I listen to podcasts when I walk my dogs. So find some good podcasts to listen to. Use that time to learn something new or to entertain yourself. There's some great comedy podcasts also that you could listen to. And I will link some of my favorite podcasts in the show notes. I also think it's fun when friends ask for podcast recommendations on Facebook. I usually see one or two from somebody else's list that I've never listened to and decide to try based on friends' recommendations. And if you're asking for recommendations, I would truly appreciate it if you recommended mine. Recommendations from friends always hold the most weight. So it's the best way for me to continue building this show's audience, which helps me continue bringing this show to you. So if you're out there looking for podcasts and you want to share a great one that you like, I hope that you like this one enough to recommend it to your friends. Another way to build, just make time fly, is to walk with a friend. If you don't have anyone too willing to do the whole walk with you, you could set up a your walk on a route that loops and maybe walk with one friend for the first 30 minutes or an hour and then meet a new friend in the parking lot and kind of set up a schedule of different friends who want to come take turns with you, passing the time, getting caught up. Walking is a great way to socialize because you aren't as out of breath as you are when you're running. So it's a great way to get caught up and use it as a social activity. If your dog is a better walker than my sweet beagle who likes to take her precious time and smell everything, you can take your dog with you for some of those miles. Just pay attention to the heat in the summer or how cold it is in the winter and keep in mind that they also need to build their endurance. So if your dog has not been walking, don't take it on a two-hour walk. I honestly don't even know what a good time limit is for a walk for dogs that are, it probably also depends on the breed. But use common sense if you're going to take your dog and use your dog as a training partner. I sometimes also, if I want one-on-one time with my dogs and I want a dog to walk with me for longer, I have three dogs, so I will take each dog separately on the one-mile loop around our house because one to two miles max is what my dogs like. I also suggest using your long walk as a way to explore your community That's, as I've said before, one of my favorite ways to explore a new city on vacation. And you can check out all of the trails and parks and paths where you live. If you have hiking spots, hiking is a great way because all of that uneven terrain will help you work the stabilizer muscles in your feet and your ankles. It will help you build endurance. So hiking is a great way too if you have some great hiking trails. And it just maybe makes it more interesting for you, something new to look at to help pass the time. When I go on a long bike ride, this actually works really well for me because I'm always eager to see what's over the next hill or around the next corner, and it just inspires me and motivates me to keep going longer than I would have maybe originally planned as far as time goes. I would love any tips that you have for keeping things interesting while on a long walk or on a long run. And you can send your tips to 
Coach Kim at thepowerofrun.com, or just connect with me on any of the social media. I'd love to hear some of your tips for what you do to keep things new, exciting, fresh, and entertaining. After you've worked up to walking for an hour each time you walk, you are ready to start a 20-week marathon training program. So we're going to work up to that walking the 5K like we talked about in the previous episode. Once you can walk a 5K, you are ready to start your marathon training program. And you're going to walk three to four miles a week, three to four days a week, every other day. And two of those days, you'll stay at the four to eight miles throughout the week. The long walk day will start at four miles And then you'll increase it by one to two miles every week. Then every fourth week, you'll have what's known as a cutback week, which will be a week of reduced mileage or time on your feet. And this gives your body time to relax and repair and recover. Then three weeks before your event, you are again going to reduce your mileage. This is known as the taper. And it again gives your body time to rest, recover, and prepare for your big race day. Like I did last week, I will create a blog post to summarize the outline you'll use to build a training plan. And if you want more coaching or a specific plan, head over to my website at www.crushingmygoals.com slash store, and you will see a box that you can click on that says train for your first or best 5k half marathon or a marathon. Click there, choose your distance. Don't worry about whether you're walking or running the marathon. We can sort all of that out once you get signed up and we have a chance to chat. Let's say, though, that you started training on Sunday, July 28th. 20 weeks would be the week of December 14th. I'm just going to throw a few ideas out there because I want you to visualize and see that this really is possible. So if you started on Sunday, 20 weeks would be December 14th. That weekend... I'm going to tell you a couple of races that are that weekend. There's one called the Houston Running Festival. And according to the website Running in the USA, their cutoff time is nine hours. So that is one that gives you plenty of time to walk. And I'm going to link all of these in the show notes as well. There's one called Zombie Runner Quarry Lakes that takes place mostly on Crest Rock with a cutoff of 7.5 hours. In January 18th, on January 18th, if you want to go beyond the Christmas holidays, the winter holidays, in Central Florida, you can do ones, one that's called Wild Things, an awesome sauce event. It has a 50, 50 hour time limit because they have a bunch of different distances. And my favorite that I searched today, there is a series in January on my favorite island, Kauai. I also love Maui quite a bit, but Kauai and Maui toss up. Love them both. In January, there's a series in Kauai called the Aloha Series, where the marathon does not have a time limit at all. They will just let you go and go and go. It looks like they have um, a bunch of different races over four days or something. And there's a day that's a marathon day, and it has no time limit. You might have to dig a little bit to find a marathon without a time limit. But the races I just talked about took me less than 10 minutes to find. And if you know what part of the country you want to race in, you could narrow your search even faster. It does take a little bit of searching on some of the web sites to find the course limits. But often, any kind of event that offers an ultra distance and a marathon typically has their course open longer because an ultra 
is defined as any distance longer than a marathon, and race by race, the distance of that ultra will vary. But if they're offering an ultra, it's likely that their marathon course will stay open longer, which gives you plenty of time to walk it, even if you are a first-time race walker. So are you getting excited yet about training for your marathon? Are you getting excited about walking a marathon? If you are a runner or a former marathon who has cut back on racing over the past few years, this might be a way for you to get back into it. Maybe this is giving you a new perspective and has you thinking about doing that marathon again. I love the race day environment. I don't especially love crowds or waking up early, but I do love running in a big group and hearing the announcer and the music and all the people cheering from the sidelines. And I know that I push myself harder on race day. And I also especially love any race that I get to travel to and see a part of the country that I haven't seen before. I don't know about you, but getting a group of friends together to run or walk or just travel to a marathon, to me, is a really, really great time. If you're going to do this, I have a few more things for you to consider. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, you need good shoes. So head to your local running store and get some shoes. While you are there, you might want to add a hydration belt so that you can carry water and other fluids while you train and maybe even while you race. I hate to even say this and discourage you, but sometimes there are races where the cleanup crew gets a little too gung-ho and they start to clean up the course before the final finishers finish the race. And that means they're tearing down the aid stations, which are supposed to be there to provide you with fluids at a bare minimum. So sometimes if you are a back of the pack runner, just because not everybody, every race is great at planning, especially if they're not a well-established race, they could run out of drinks. So you want to make sure that you're covered, that you have fluids at the end of the race, especially if the weather gets hot. So a hydration belt is good. As you train, you're going to get a feel for what your body needs for fuel. And as you get into longer walks, you're going to need some form of nutrition, whether that's real food like a banana or some applesauce or a gel or a sports drink with electrolytes and some calories. You can find the easy-to-carry gels and chews at your running store also. Just as you would if you ran the marathon, you're also going to want to make sure you train at a variety of paces and then on race day that you don't start out too fast. That is one of the biggest reasons why runners hit the wall, and this can happen to walkers too. You start out at this pace that you just can't maintain, and if you run out of your energy too early, you just find yourself just creeping barely moving at the end of your race. So you want to learn what your paces are. You want to learn what you can maintain so that you can finish strong on race day. As you train, you're also going to want to pay attention to what you eat the night before your long walk. You might find that some foods give you more energy and other foods upset your stomach. Use your training period, just any, just pay attention to what you are eating and how it's affecting you throughout your entire training cycle and learn what foods agree with your body, what gives you energy and what foods don't make you feel sluggish or sick in the morning. 
One of the biggest places that you are going to feel this training is on your feet. So taking care of your feet daily is super important. I recommend getting some tennis balls or lacrosse balls, even golf balls, and using them on the bottoms of your feet at least once a day. If you have a job in an office, slip off your shoes, roll your feet on the balls while you work. If you're watching TV, keep those balls by your couch, on your table, so that you can roll your feet while you're watching TV. It doesn't have to be another activity that you work into your day. It just has to be something that you combine with other activities that you're doing. The shape your calves are in also affects how your feet feel. So it's a good idea to also foam roll your calves. And when you do that, you don't need to foam roll on your shin bone, but roll on each side and then also the back of your calf. And that is just going to help your calves feel looser. Some people like to do this as part of their warm up. Other people like to foam roll after they run or after they walk. You can do what feels best for your body because it really does vary person to person how it makes you feel. But if you get sore feet, remember that you need to spend time taking care of your calves as well as your feet if you want some pain relief. And there are also strength exercises that you can do, balance exercises you can do, all of those things combined will help make your feet stronger and able to withstand all of those hours that you're going to spend walking. I have lots of videos with foam rolling demos, videos of warm-ups, strength workouts, and stretches in my Run or Walk Your First or Fastest 5K Marathon Half Marathon courses. And you can access those if you sign up for the group or the one-on-one coaching. You can, as I said earlier, access all of that from my website, crushingmygoals.com slash store. Okay, everyone, that is it for the week. Keep the topic suggestions coming. Let me know what you want to learn about. And if you start training to walk that marathon, keep in touch. Pop into one of the groups that I have or send me an email. Tag Power of Run on Instagram. If you're posting pictures of your training, let me know how your training is going. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes. And remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.